0: Welcome to Landwards, the podcast for the land based engineering community, brought to you by the Institution of Agricultural Engineers.
1: Welcome to the IAGRI Business News. Um, I'm your host, Andy Newbold, editor of Landwards. And today I am joined by Kit Franklin, principal investigator of the Hands Free Farm project and senior lecturer in agricultural engineering at Harper Adams, who is one of our guest commentators we are also joined by it's hugh crabtree hello hugh hi there Andy. how are you doing i'm very well thank you thank you for joining us today and last and by no means least we are joined by stuart goodinson who is managing director of Delacy executive who is going to give us his unique take on some of the news headlines hello stuart
0: hi good afternoon andy how are you doing
1: i'm really good thank you so the plan is we will romp through a few of the latest headlines as it relates to agricultural engineering. Headline number one, Harper Adams University Vice-Chancellor is set to retire in July. Fire away, Kit. Uh,
2: yeah, so um, a few, few comments from me on this one. Uh, Dave Llewellyn has been, I th- uh, my view, is, has been really great for Harper. He's been really good for Ag AgEng at Harper. We've had a you know, over his tenure in charge, we've 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 had investment into our department and backing of the crazy ideas that myself and my colleagues have, have done in terms of robotics and, and projects. So yeah, no, David's been really great for, for, for me and what we do and and Ag Eng at Harper. Um so and, and you know and and deservedly can can retire. Um I guess my fear on this story is 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 the fear of the unknown and 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 saying all that about David it's it's saying you know who who do we get next do we get someone who also places um you know a a sort of interest and priority on on engineering and um you know that's that's my fear about the change of course
1: change is gonna come though there's nothing you can do about it you just have to embrace it so I'm just going through the I agree business news from January. And uh, one which, which caught my eye was that AgriWeb have closed £17 million worth of, de- of investment to digitise livestock farming. Given that you're in the digital livestock world yourself, Hugh, I thought this might be something you'd have something to say about.
3: Uh, well, obviously, it's, um, it's a good thing. Um, if there's, um, there's, there's quite a lot of uh, money about now in uh, food production and in um, prime production of uh, food of course and therefore in um, in agri- agri-technology and uh, there's been some um, steps taken uh, lots of steps taken in arable farming and there are good steps that have been taken in some areas of, uh, of livestock farming but any effort to accelerate that process is to be applauded uh, of course, there will be a few um, hiccups along the way. I mean, just looking at our own circumstance, uh, my business has been trying to digitize, digitize pig production for twenty years, and you uh, you run into all kinds of problems. Not least, you know, the blindingly obvious one of can we get a decent broadband internet connection onto a pig unit in mm. the middle of Yorkshire? You know,
1: and if only they would stand still, presumably.
3: <laughs> well, actually. Um, the, the pigs are as you know genetically programmed to get on and do the business of eating food and growing and they do that really rather well um if the human beings involved allow them to as ever all roads lead back to the humans
1: being the problems. AgriWeb, the startup that's built a worldwide livestock management platform, is now valued at over fifty-five million pounds, following a seventeen million-pound investment round um, to digitise livestock farming. Given your your um, your digital professional life, any comments on that, Kit?
2: Um, so I don't know exactly this company in detail, and obviously my my work tends to be in the more crop production and in livestock. But it it kind of doesn't surprise me and it kind of vindicates a lot of what i guess i've talked about and what many people like me have talked about for the last few years that that this that this this value in data this value in connecting uh, connecting the dots um for farming and the fact that that, that this company can go on and, and and be valued at that sort of money and get big chunks of investment just goes to show that that maybe you know maybe we were right and we weren't all just being crazy well, with his, the ideas of computing and numbers and, and tying it all together so yeah i mean it's it it kind of doesn't surprise me it's, it's a big amount of money it's a big amount of money
1: and let's just it is, i, I guess a book I, of confidence in the way the industry is going Even yeah if the and industry haven't got there yet it's saying this money is available to back this because we think this horse will run
2: yeah i guess my 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 bigger thing is is my hope is that that, that this app is going to be farmer focused you know because i think a lot of the criticism of this of, of data and, and data capture is that who's the value really for is the value for the farmer is the value for the for the supplier of that app or machine that the apps linked to or whatever you know so let's just hope that this this is not just providing value to the company it's providing value to the farmers that, that sign up to it and use it
1: um- In other news, JCB are um, recruiting to cope with a surge in production. And I just wondered, I mean, you know, they said the market for construction equipment has rebounded sharply and JCB are gearing up for a surge in production by recruiting 400 more UK shop floor employees. Mm -hmm. Um, So given that, I just wondered how that was resonating in your world, Stuart.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm really pleased uh, to see JCB publicly announcing that they're, they're, they're looking to recruit and that will be a welcome for I think many people in the in engineering sector who maybe lost their job whether that's in aerospace or car car or, or other agricultural engineering space so I think it's very very good news for the sector I, I think for, for I think the spin-off positive spin-offs will hopefully in, it, it'll send a signal to other ag engineering or other engineering business that Yes, there is a market out there and it is worth responding to. And there is the potential to grow your business and, and hire. From my business p- point of view, it'll be interesting to see if JCB come to us as an agricultural focus recruiter or whether they're going to try and uh, find these people from other engineering um, sectors like the car industry, like the uh, aerospace. So good news all around. Good news for JCB. Good news for agricultural uh, industry in the uk we we'll just have to see what the spin-off effects of it are going to be
1: how
3: how does this relate into the wider ag engineering world do you think um well again it's um, it's um, there there is a market driver um which is uh, resulting in that particular business uh, needing more hands on deck. And the truth of the matter is, all of agriculture, I mean, I'm, I'm thinking particularly about UK agriculture because I happen to have come into contact with it through various um, meetings and, uh, and committees and so on. But we have a huge challenge in agriculture to interest um, the coming generations in getting involved in prime production. Um, and uh, and it's not only the sort of traditional source of labor from far you know fathers trying to bring their sons and daughters um, and, you know current generation trying to bring their own family into farming even their sons and daughters are not expressing great interest uh, I believe we have a requirement for um, 60,000 engineers a year in the UK that's all engineers of all disciplines Um We've certainly got a pile of uh, agricultural engineers required. Um, so, um, getting um, companies um, like John Deere into the news saying we are looking to recruit people is good because it it sort of puts the uh, puts agriculture you know um, uh, into the column inches and into the media. And of course, as we know, after the current period that we've had, where um, we're about to enter um the most appalling uh, recession I suspect uh, as a result of the um the worldwide uh, pandemic that is covid-19 um kids are going to be looking around for other opportunities and uh, so here possibly is quite an opportunity for agriculture for agricultural engineering for food production to be doing a hell of a lot better job than we've done in the past of waving the flag of here's us you know how about thinking about getting involved in food production
1: yeah yeah i agree it's a great opportunity for us to uh, for us to uh, you know draw draw people towards towards ag engineering um i notice that um well we all we all like a glass of wine occasionally And it's become clear that keeping a vineyard healthy can be a significant challenge. Um, And a um, a startup company in Italy called Free Green Nature are, are dedicated to the development of advanced precision farming systems. And they've developed a unique solution, which is an engine driven autonomous robot, which uses ultraviolet rays, UV, to eliminate mildews and other growth. In other words, they're eliminating chemical use in the fields but by using technology. Mm. Um, given given our, our liking for wine, Stuart, what do you reckon about that?
0: Brilliant, really, really interesting. I mean, and, and and grapes wine, fascinating crop to produce because the end result, the end product, is so influenced by so many different factors. You know, uh, depending on uh, you know on on what phosphate levels might might be in the soil through to uh, certain disease levels that will fundamentally change the the quality of that 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 wine and fundamentally therefore change the value that the that the grower can actually achieve from it so i think vineyards that are sucking in any new technology will 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 benefit from that and i find wine production in the uk absolutely fascinating because you have a spectrum of of growers you have Growers who aren't necessarily interested in the technology. What they've got is a very big house and they want a nice few vineyards um, at the end of it. Um, And and that's almost how it started off, small scale wine production. But at the other end, what we've got now, um, a client I'm working with, is amazing. This client is intending and probably will uh, become the biggest producer of wine in, in the UK. And this client doesn't necessarily care Uh, about how it was done in the past what they are doing is they are sucking in every last piece of technology that either they will understand improves the quality or improves the yield of those of those grapes if that technology is something as you suggested or if that technology was for instance you know increasing the number of people working in that yard Bud picking for argument's sake, if that improved the quality, improved the profitability, or improved the um, margin, then that client will buy it. So, with clients, we have people in the wine sector now who are just purely focused on it as a business decision. And that opens the door to all of this new technology which is coming through. Whereas, I think wine production in the UK prior to then was a little bit close to new technology, it was a little bit more traditional. So yeah, good news for the Italians and good, really fascinating technology and more of it
1: the nfu moving swiftly on the nfu has launched a new report calling for urgent action to bring the nation's water infrastructure up to date to better cope with extreme weather events such as flooding to drought urging the government water companies and farmers to properly invest in water management as a critical response to climate change now this is what you and i would both describe as good old-fashioned traditional ag engineering off you go mr franklin
2: yeah okay so again putting my caveat straight in place that I operate in the mechanical space of ag engineering rather than necessarily the civil space. However, I once did study drainage and irrigation and those type subjects. And um my opinion on this is fairly clear. If you don't maintain drainage systems, um they have less capacity to absorb water during during rain events. Um, if you if you keep your ditches dug soils can drain to a greater depth when the rain comes they can absorb that 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 water and act as a capacitor act as a buffer in the system this sort of random mentality that seems to have come through that we're much better off just to leave it all to nature um it seems sort of crazy to me because we wouldn't have dug the ditches in the first place if if the ground was you know dry and didn't flood yeah. so you know these systems were created to manage water to manage flooding we need to maintain them. It's as easy as that, isn't it? Um, so
1: and nothing else is gonna work in the field, whatever the in-field technology is, none of it's gonna work if the field's not at its productive best.
2: No, yeah, exactly. so but but I think, yeah, I mean there's multiple things. There's there's drainage keeping the field in its productive best, there's drainage building capacity a buffer capacity in the system to slow water from from moving yeah. downstream because if 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 the ditches are all full to the brim with with dirt then then the water just doesn't There's doesn't no drain the water, th- the water doesn't drain through the profile it runs off the top and it ends yeah. up downstream quicker now c- again i'm going to do a big caveat here because in certain places um you know very much upstream in the high lo- in, in the uplands yeah we might want to hold water back on the moors etc that seems like a sensible thing to do and in, in in and in certain given positions lower down the stream you might want to put uh, holding hold water above a village or something like that yeah. if it, you know yeah. so there are places where holding water back is clearly going to be a good solution but in the vast majority of of, of midland and lowland land, drainage is there to to uh keep the land dry and to act to to allow it to be a buffer when rain c- does come yeah yep, um, uh, and i think that's just basic you know drainage theory that goes back yep. generations
1: drainage 101 um so uh, there's 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 a lot of events in the news at the moment the royal welsh show has been called off the second year running um lama has effectively cancelled the um May date they had as a provisional and said that it will move to its original date but in January 2022 whether that's a cancellation or a reschedule, you can discuss. Um, given where we are at the moment Stuart how do you feel about events this year?
0: Well it's not a surprise to me that, that the Royal Welsh or LAMA have been cancelled. My, my view is that I think I'd be surprised to see any physical Agricultural event of any size uh, taking place that involves you know hundreds or thousands of people. I, I just can't see that happening this this year. So I'm not surprised that they they've been cancelled. I'm disappointed. Um, I mean, if I look at these events from uh, from from a, a, a business point of view, I would say two things. One is that I know many events have been substituted with um, online. Uh, events and shows and they and some of them functionally are absolutely brilliant the the information that's being put across there fantastic the way you can receive that information fantastic and you can do it from sitting at home but for events like LAMA, for events like the rollwell show where so much of it is about kicking tires about meeting people about uh literally seeing things face to face touching things you know you can't replace that and from my own perspective, that that my business in terms of recruiting is, is really missing those quiet, confidential um, conversations at the side of stands. Those 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 little um, meetings that that you know were you know, shouldn't be meeting, but we're having a little conversation about maybe they're looking for something new. Maybe they're, lo- they're looking for a new salesman. Those conversations on the side just aren't happening happening at all. And that's stagnating a lot of people's decisions about moving on or a lot of companies' decisions about whether to hire or not. So, so it's those little little meetings that, that, that are being missed by me and about, by industry, I think, at those shows. So, yes, I think when those shows start up again, People are really going to hit them hard, I think. People are going to relish talking to each other and and meeting each other. So, yeah, very much looking forward to it. Uh, Moving on to
1: the the thorny issue, although the news is very good now as of the um, 24th of February about COVID and a way out of lockdown, um, agri-universities to issue rent refunds to students. Um, Discuss.
2: Yeah, so, uh, again... uh concern I think it's it's completely the right thing to do from let's let's get that straight on the page. It's the right thing to do from a student perspective. Um they've not been in their rooms. Why should they be paying for those rooms? Um I understand that and and, and but on the flip side as someone who works at university clearly this is gonna cause issues. It doesn't, you know anyone who's watched the articles in the news about this or read articles in the news about this will know that you know it's no secret that that a university um essentially the university business case is is uses accommodation as a as a big source of income um and and giving that big source of income back is going to make things tight uh financially so you know it's the right thing to do but it isn't going to be easy for for the
1: universities um, do you want to give me your your predictions for unpredictable 2021 hugh <laughs>
3: Yeah, well, you did warn me. Um, that I might need to think about this. Um, I have to confess, um, you know, like all the best, uh, like all the best uh, people claim that claim to be busy. You know, but it wasn't done with a, um, you know, uh, with a massive amount of notice. But uh, the top of my list, actually, uh, the unpredictable twenty twenty one. I don't think we're going to see any mass events in the year of our oh, Lord twenty twenty one. Rather a lot in these discussions um uh, whatever people say uh, uh, about the success of the vaccination programme, I don't think we're going to see any mass events. Um, I think uh, so. That's number one. Um, number two, um, habitual virtual meetings, uh, they're going to be part of the scenery. And uh, I think yeah. we, we, we've often talked about um, using um, virtual meeting platforms uh, as an alternative to getting into cars. Uh, this, uh, for the last uh, 18 months, we've had to, or 15 months, say, whatever, year. We've had to do it, and we've actually discovered that it's uh, it's quite a good thing. Um, yes, there are limitations. So, second prediction. No habitual, uh, sorry, um, habitual virtual meetings. going to be part of our culture. And, yeah, I think we're going to look forward to getting back to having real meetings as well, but we ain't going to lose the efficiencies that have been brought. Um uh, I suppose you might expect me to say this, but my uh, my third prediction um, is that we're going to see a rising investment by farmers in uh, information technology systems in all aspects of farming. Um, we see a lot of it going on in arable um, husbandry. I think we're going to see a lot more of it going on in um, livestock husbandry. Um, And that leads me to suggest, um, I think in 2021, we're going to see the start of the development of new opportunities for expanding home produced food, um, uh, UK food production um, opportunities. I think we're going to see some new ones. Uh, This is partly, um, obviously partly to do with Brexit. Um, but it's also partly to do with um, other influences that there are going around, and some of them indeed um, COVID-related. But uh, for example, I mean, in my own experience, I think we're going to see a bit of an opportunity for expanding the UK pig breeding herd. That's a particular area. And um, in um, particular niches within food production, in uh, processed meat products that... Uh, uh, charcuterie for example new opportunities in in that so there's um, there was my uh, fourth prediction and my my last one you did ask for five um uh, and i'm back to where i started we're going to um steadily learn to live with covid uh, this is not something that's going to go away we're going to have to learn to live with covid and it's inevitable many variants it's going to be as normal to us as the annual you know Uh, seasonal flu dosing um Mm -hmm. it's just going to be another of those yeah and it's and it's just going to become that and it's becoming it
1: as we speak as we all get jabs put in our arms isn't it well i think Um, i think think
3: it's this year in particular because there's a there will be a consumer perception that the jabs are going to release us all back into partying and it it just isn't ain't gonna happen no and that's the lesson we're going to learn is uh uh-oh Uh, we've got to check there'll be some elements of our behavior that has been changed by the pandemic that will be changed for good you know some aspects of social distancing are just going to be changed for good yeah
1: I'd, I'd agree with that so um if we go with the if we go with the and finally Stuart give me your predictions for an unpredictable 2021
0: well you know I mean I don't know how you can have a prediction in an unpredictable year but I think where I'm at is I I, I do predict that, that the second half of 2021 will start to see a bit of a boom. Not necessarily and not directly in the ag sector, but I think there will be a boom in food consumption, food pr- uh, purchasing, from more from the luxury end. I think we'll see more dining out, more more high quality wines being produced. we just talking about that. And I think that will have a trickle down into our agricultural sector because, at the end of the day, we are food producers. So, so I think that 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 retail boom will start to influence agriculture. I think we in the agricultural sector we will see more and probably more rapidly um, consolidation, but also localization at the same time or regionalization. And what I mean by that is, for instance, like in the food animal feed sector, I think we'll see a fewer number of larger um, feed pro- producers. Um, and, but at the same time, what's what I've noticed happening is that um uh, it's leaving a vacuum for 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 more regional producers. Um, some farmers want to produce want to buy from their regional supplier. And so I think you will see more companies making more of their local identity to go against, the rather co- larger conglomerates who are who are national. So I think we'll see um, regionalisation and consolidation at the same time. Um, <clears throat> Thirdly, I think the people market will start to get more interesting again. I think 2020 has saw a stagnation. People didn't necessarily want to move. People wanted to stay where they were. Companies were reluctant to hire because they didn't know what Brexit was or wasn't going to deliver necessarily. They didn't know what the pandemic was going to do. So I think second half of 2021 will see a rapid increase in terms of of people movement and and hiring. Uh, So that will be interesting, particularly for me in in the recruitment industry. Um, I think we'll start to see um, Bitcoin, I think we'll start to see a realization in the marketplace that the marketplace is changing. And I think we'll start to see a realization that the big players in, in global agriculture is going to be things like Google and companies like Amazon. And I think people will start to look at what they're growing, what they're doing, and how. Can I get the most of working with some of those bigger organisations? How does how does my machinery design, how does my um, machinery sales tax fit into where I think that Amazon is going to take food uh, logistics? So I think there'll be a, a, a drift towards trying to understand where those big, those big players are. And um, what am I up to? That was four, wasn't it?
1: Yes, I, I think that was four.
0: <laughs> so I think... Um, uh number 5 would be along the lines of what
1: about what about agricultural what about what about the sort of you know the new yeah. agriculture act and things yeah. like that yeah. let me give you so, a clue
0: <laughs> so i think the uh, the interesting bit at the minute is that uh with the new bill having gone through and with elms I, again i think there'll be there's going to be a polarization and I think that many farmers will look at um, elms and look at the public money for public goods offer and they will actually go to the extreme and they will be focused on making the most profit from the acres of ground that they've got. And they will be focusing on, uh, on output and input, and they will be maximizing every last pound that they can get from their hectare of land. So I think we will see bizarrely an an increase in intensification of production on some farms. And then I think at the other end, there'll be other farms who will make the most of the elms offer. They will make the most of of the um, taking the public money for the public goods. And I think we'll see, you know, not necessarily much more rewilding, but I think we'll see more farmers Operating at that that public um, goods for public money operation, so I think we'll see a, 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 an increase in the polarisation of farming.
1: Yeah, with a big big unprofitable gap in the middle somewhere.
0: Something like that. Yeah.
1: Depending on where depending on where people's preferences lie. I know it's February now. We're way past New Year's resolutions, but um, give me some predictions or some hopes for twenty twenty one in a very unpredictable year. Kit, let's close with that.
2: Well. I think, you know, we're speaking after the, the, the announcement, Andy. So um, The uh,
1: announcement. The
2: announcement. We, we will, I reckon, be able to be in a, a, a room or, you know, conference or show ground by the end of the year, catching up or, in person. Or, How novel would that be?
1: Or even an environment for convivial delivery of liquid nutrient oh. f- sourced from the grain, the hop and the water.
2: Bit of barley juice with people.
1: Bit of barley juice, indeed. Whatever next? Imagine going to a pub. I can't. I can't.
2: No, brilliant. Uh, I can't wait. No, no, outside of a pub though, be great to have some industry events where we can meet people in person rather than through a blooming screen. Can't wait.
1: No, I'd agree with that. I think that's fab. Well, look, Kit really appreciate your input. You've given some great insights into what's happening in the news and a a, a very credible take on it as well. So thank you ever so much for that. I'm going to say thank you to Kit Franklin. Thank you, Kit.
2: No worries. Cheers, Andy.
1: Thank you for your comments on the news today, Hugh. You've been a fantastic Mm. commentator. I've thoroughly enjoyed it. Thank you, Hugh. You're welcome. Enjoyed it. Stuart, thank you for your help today.
0: No, thanks, Andy. Thanks for the invite. Good to meet you.
1: You're, You're very welcome. Thank you, Stuart. And uh, we'll be back with the, uh, with the news from the IAGRI at some point in the future.
0: For more information, visit www.iagree.org You have been listening to Landwards, the podcast for the land-based engineering community, brought to you by the Institution of Agricultural Engineers.